Welcome to The Brown Girl's Journal, a bi-weekly podcast turning our entries into conversations. We're your hosts. My name is Rodlin. And my name is Anushka. And today we're going to talk about long distance. We'll be giving you all the tea on our mute cue, debating whether or not long distance actually works, and discuss how it's been affecting us during the pandemic. Alright, so this is it, our first episode. So exciting, we're finally here. Um, how are you feeling? Yeah, episode one, season one, feeling really good, feeling weird about talking into a microphone and <laughs> seeing you on a screen, but super excited. This is a topic I feel like we have a lot of things to talk about. Definitely. Long distance has definitely shaped a lot of different relationships in me and Anushka's lives, including our lives, um, and especially in the past few years as our relationship has grown and developed. Um, So we just kind of wanted to share our thoughts about the whole maybe notorious idea of long distance and maybe even debunk some of those uh, theories. Yeah, I'm excited. To start off, we thought it'd be fun to talk about how we originally met. So Rodlin and I studied abroad together. Hashtag study abroad forever. We lived together in an apartment with 14 other writers in Copenhagen, Denmark, and we were there for about a semester, and I guess that would be in 2017 now, so it's been a while, Um, and we, yeah, we just instantly clicked along with, like, everybody else in the LLC that we were living with. Shout out to them. Yeah, I think that's where our friendship first began. Yeah, truly, it was a writer's utopia, a writer's wet dream. We were... (laughs) all constantly writing with each other and inspiring one another and pushing one another to do cool and fun things with our writing so yeah it was definitely one of those really awesome blissful times we were also studying abroad and living in europe for the first time ever and yeah it was just like such a wholesome fun experience sorry to report that we are no longer in denmark um so we've moved around since then a little bit So that was during our junior year of college, or most of our junior years of college, depending on who you were in the house, but both of Anushka and my junior years of college. So after that, we respectively all moved back to our college town. So for me, I moved back to Baltimore. After that, I actually moved back to Denmark for work for a year, right before the pandemic happened. And then after that, I had to go back home to my hometown in New York. Now I am actually um, in Madison, Wisconsin because I'm in a grad program at UW-Madison. So yeah, really always bouncing around, bopping around the world. It's really hard not to be in a long distance relationship with me, I think. All is to say that I am now in the Midwest. Yes, we love to hear it. I'd also like to note that when Rodlin was going to work in Denmark, it was literally at the same study abroad institution (laughs) where we met. So, rivers run deep. After I studied abroad with Rodlin, um, I came back to finish out my junior year in Nashville, Tennessee, where I went to school. And then I, after graduating, I moved to New York for a year. And then I have since moved home to Omaha, Nebraska, back w- with my parents um, because of the pandemic. And yeah, and also just work life has also shifted a lot um, because of that. So I'm glad to be reunited with Rodlin in the Midwest. Yeah, let it also be known that literally three weeks before I was supposed to move back to Copenhagen, Anushka moved to New York, (laughs) just missed me for the summer. And so we had three blissful weeks in which we shared a bed in my um, childhood home, in my childhood (laughs) bed, in my very pink room. But yeah, we haven't really seen each other since. Um, But I am going to drive my ass over to Omaha, Nebraska for Thanksgiving. And hopefully, uh, yeah, we'll record some episodes there and we'll be in the same room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as you can see, like our whole relationship has basically operated in a long distance sense after we studied abroad together. 
So we started out kind of in this very intense friendship, mainly because of our physical proximity, which is really interesting because I think we went from such an extreme of seeing each other every day, hanging out all the time. I could literally go and knock on Rodland's door whenever. Um, and then going to the other end of things where we never saw each other and the only way we communicated was through the interweb. So yeah, it was like a very, I think, jarring turn in our friendship. But I think that that transition also allowed us to see our friendship evolve in a new way. Mm -hmm. I definitely think that we have experienced the two extreme ends of friendship and distance and physical closeness, um, but it's definitely taught us a lot about how to navigate those long-distance relationships um, and how to make it a sustainable practice and a sustainable friendship, you know? I think that there are a lot of myths about long-distance, but we're here to tell you that it works. <laughs> yeah, and I also think, like, we've also not been the best at it. We've worked through those times as well, and I think people often see friendships as kind of like a stagnant thing but if you think about it they're just dynamic as dynamic as any other relationship and you do have to put effort in so yeah, yeah and I feel like also early on in our relationship we kind of both understood that like oh this is like a lifelong thing <laughs> um, right so yeah. we've definitely been you know at the mercy of ebb and flows and the start and the ends of life chapters and i think like every time you move to a new space so many of your relationships do need that like renegotiation mm -hmm. i think that we've so far in our lives have been in these spaces or these units where friendship is kind of defined by like physical space so like obviously when you are in elementary school and living in a household with your parents and all of your friends are at school or most of your friends are at school like your intimacy and that relationship is dictated by the fact that you see those people every single day and the same thing goes for college i think that's where you first see the split of like home friends and school friends but no matter what you kind of are still given that like space to curate those friendships and i think that really something that no one really talks about is like out in the real world like it's very unlikely that all of your friends are going to be in one place and mm -hmm. so i think that whether we realize it or not like we're all in long distance relationships like in some capacity you know that's a really good point i even think back to like that semester that we were abroad as a like totally separate entity yeah because i feel so foreign now just because uh, pardon the play on uh, words there but um it does feel so foreign now because the way that our friendship operated there was in the context of even a group of writers um some of us had same like similar classes together and I think when you're living with someone your relationship is totally different from even if you're in the same city and you don't live with them there's just so many things that make up a relationship and I feel like it's especially when you go long distance is when you start to realize like how much this friendship might even mean to you or and not even necessarily in a bad way like you could be keeping in contact with somebody who you really love but then you might also not be keeping in contact with someone you love and it might they you might love them to the same extent like I'm not sure if this really makes sense but I, it's all to say that like the level of contact that you have with someone doesn't necessarily like depict like how deep your friendship is because I know a lot of like friends of mine I just like pick up where we left off but I also do think that there is something to say about someone you regularly keep in contact with and maybe that'll lead into our next question which is does long distance even work oh the books that i can write <laughs> and the poems that i have written <laughs> trying to answer this question i think really it's about what kind of relationships you're looking at and with whom like are they 
friendships? Are they romantic relationships? Are they family relationships? Especially us as being daughters of immigrants, like we do have like family members in different countries who are all of our relationship has been a very distant one with them. People are really eager and ready to shut down long distance relationships and I think maybe there's even like a cultural fear around it but I think that it's also how a lot of people have like lived their lives in certain capacities. Yeah definitely like I'm even thinking about my own family and how outside of my parents like most of my family members live in India and growing up that was always kind of a point of tension for me because I was you know used to seeing my classmates get to have their grandparents come in for grandparents day at school Mm. or just like even things like that where you're just reminded constantly that like you are different and the way that your family structure is does really affect like your relationships with them. Even when I visit my family now in India, I do feel like I'm kind of in a way making up for lost time. And Mm -hmm. maybe this is a little TMI of me to say, but I do feel like how can they like unconditionally love me when they don't even know me as well as Mm. you know maybe my friends do and yeah it's kind of sad to say but I I think a lot of that again it comes back to how much effort are you putting in like I will be the first to admit that whenever I leave home like away from my parents like when I was in college um and even when I was in New York like I don't myself take the initiative to call family members in India like I only do that when I come home and maybe that's something I need to work on um but I do think it's it's kind of scary like I don't know maybe that's what's been holding me back is not having that established connection that you can have with a person when you live with them or when they're in your physical vicinity like for example if Rodlin and I our friendship started like virtually or in a long distance sense, like we would have a completely different friendship, I think. So I think even having a physical start to the friendship really helped establish a lot of things that were easier when we went long distance. Yeah, I definitely am even thinking about like (laughs) how often like my mom posts updates on like Facebook about like me and my brother's lives. And there are these people on the other side of the world and also the screen who are like simply witnessing our lives Mm. through what is given to them and similar to what you were saying like how does a person really know you yeah um is it via broadcasts that are like shared with the world is it phone calls is it like really deep late night talks or whatever Mm. um with people and I think that something like that's also really interesting is I used to as a child like visit the Philippines like pretty frequently like for a few years there we went every year but I have not been back since my freshman year of college so like what four or five years and I, I don't have a concrete date of like going back right now when I see like those relatives who like I love so dearly it's like how do you even make up for that lost yeah. time how do you even like you're coming back as a completely different person like your presence there is kind of like a landmark of a certain person or a certain time you know so in that sense I think it's really hard to you know like maintain intimacy but I guess also maybe <laughs> we're defining intimacy in a really western or like hetero like patriarchal way you know um i'm wondering like what other constructions of intimacy there are that don't necessitate like physicality and also frequent updates i'm even thinking about like my uncle my brother's dad who has been working as a physical therapist um in america for a while now and like that's how he's put my three cousins through school and now they're all in either college or like beyond like medical school and it's like how do you tell someone who has literally sacrificed everything to like give their children like a better life and their family a better life that like the way that their family and their relationships are constructed are like fake or like Mm -hmm. don't work you know yeah I think it definitely doesn't 
negate how genuine those relationships are to your family because like I said even with my family it's like we love each other so much but you know the way that we express it is not the same that I express it with friends or even my parents and I think that just goes to show that like different relationships necessitate different ways of showing affection and mm -hmm. love and they can look really different and that doesn't mean to say one is better than the other I think families are also so complex and your relationships with your extended family can be so complex depending on your immediate family as well so I think oh, there's so many different factors that go into what importance you place on different relationships as well because um, for some people they don't even necessarily want to get to know their extended family mm -hmm. um, and you know who am I to say anything about that yeah I'm thinking a lot about like how much immediate family is like broken down and torn apart because of like especially in the Philippines I'm speaking from that context um, how much immediate families are made to be broken down because of like these capitalistic ties and like the fact that like the Philippine economy is so bad that like sometimes some of the only ways to be successful and support your family um is through leaving mm -hmm. i think that like like ofws which is overseas filipino workers like that is such it's such a pattern or like a social group in the philippines yeah. like so much of the philippine economy is literally funded by remittance um i think that it's interesting the sacrifices that are made and intimacies that are compromised because of it. And I think that that's like a trauma that say like us living in a first world country like are not necessarily familiar with. Yeah, and I think um, something you pointed out is like the like need to leave. The sacrifice that it takes to leave your family and go to a new country you're going to gain some things with that and you're going to lose some things with that. And I feel like there's not that much nuance when you think about immigration because from like a Western perspective, because it's really like drawn into black and white lines of like, why are you doing this? What are you here for? That kind of thing. But the reality is that there's so many tensions that come alongside like those familial relationships and like how they even view you living in the U.S. compared to their lifestyle back in India or whatever country and I think that really also shapes your identity too but like how you see yourself and even like me thinking of myself as an American when I go to visit India which is actually my homeland which is where I was born like there's just so many complicated things that like play into now my relationship with my family and like how I feel like an outsider but also like some of that is detailed by me not being able to speak the language as well as I want and you know that also sacrifices some kind of intimacy as well so I don't know there's just yeah again I keep reiterating this but there are really so many factors that go into what makes up a relationship. Shall we talk about romantic relationships? Let's talk about them. I have been in a long distance relationship before. And I mean, yeah, it was like a lot of fucking work. Um, and I'm trying to like parse a few things out like in my brain because it was very much like one of those like all consuming young loves. Um, that I feel like even exacerbated like the dramatic or mm. like the drama around long distance and I think that where that drama comes from is because there is so much yearning involved with a lack of physical intimacy and a lack of being able to easily access the person that you love um, in a very regular uh, way there is this sense of like urgency and this sense of like all or nothing type of thing 
um, when it comes to long distance. I mean, like, I even remember the person I was seeing at the time was supposed to come visit me and my family in New York, but, like, he had an injury, so, like, he was not allowed to fly. And so, literally, I dropped everything and flew over to him, um, which is just kind of, I feel like, representative of one of those crazy like I will do anything for love type things that I think becomes so much more at the forefront of um long distance and I think that there are ways in which like obviously I guess that is romantic but there's also ways in which that is so unhealthy I think that there are a lot of different like patterns that come with long distance because you only have like a given amount of time to like spend with that person like a weekend or something like that um that you like kind of push down like problems that you have or you don't want to spend the time that you have together fighting and um I think that it's really a different way of existing in in relationship with someone than say um you two living in the same town or the same city it makes a lot of sense actually what you're saying with the stakes being higher in a romantic relationship because there's like an emotional tie that isn't there with your friends and your family. It's like a completely different relationship that I think holds a lot more weight in in a different way. Yeah, and I definitely even would say that the expectations are different for a romantic relationship. Like, I wouldn't necessarily... Well... Our friendship is different, but, like, I wouldn't get mad or be sad um, if a friend hadn't texted me after, like, two or three days, you know? Like, definitely that is an indication that something is wrong in the romantic relationship, or maybe it is. I don't know what people's, like, communication styles are with their partner, but, like, there's so much more work that needs to be done and maintenance work that needs to be done for a romantic relationship I think that even the ways that we curate intimacy are um really different for romantic relationships like if your partner's love language is quality time and you guys live on the opposite sides of the country or you guys live on different continents like how is that gonna work in a way that Mm -hmm. is like organic and like sustainable for both people in the relationship I think that there's also this tendency to be really codependent in long distance relationships um or just kind of neglect the world that is in front of you when you are trying to put so much energy and so much time into someone who's not there um and I think that that's also something that people run into very often yeah and It kind of makes sense what you're saying with, like, about, like, maintenance and expectations on communication levels, um, how that can also sometimes become a burden, I hate to say it, um, but it does kind of create tension in the relationship if that work starts to feel like work and no longer has the spontaneity of just, like, an in-person relationship, I think about my parents. I hope they don't mind me talking about them. <laughs> but I just because I've never been in a romantic relationship like this in my life, so I'm just going to draw on them. Um, I remember when my mom and I were living in Chicago, and my dad was back in Omaha still for a period of time. And for that, like, one to two years, um, my mom every night, like clockwork, would call my dad and that would be like their time like they would talk for like I don't know like at least an hour I feel like I was busy off doing I don't know who knows what Um, and yeah um and then like my mom would be like okay say goodnight to your dad and like that would be it and like I think there is something to be said about how like for them like that's what worked like having that time to just like talk about their days about their life um and also being consistent with that you know I think I would feel like something were wrong if that phone call wouldn't was not gonna happen you know I would be able to sense that something was off I think that's it's just about establishing you know what are your routines together 
yeah and like that's really sweet and adorable that your parents like had that scheduled call but I'm even thinking about the fact that they're like parents in their like whatever decade they were in um but like just to say that they were older like I feel like when you're in your 20s like I don't know what I'm doing at 8 p.m tonight or like yes I do because we're in a pandemic but like what if I wanted to go grab a beer with a colleague or something like that and I feel like there's so much nuance and there's so many little um spontaneous things that happen in real life that you can never just guarantee that you are going to be available at that specific time or you rearrange everything else in your day to make sure that you are um and yeah I mean for some people that's really helpful and for some people that is a burden or feels like a constraint on their freedom yeah like in response to that I would say like it does there is a factor to that relationship where they were already married they had a kid um me (laughs) (laughs) And, and um and they knew that they were in a committed relationship whereas like I think the reason why long distance sometimes becomes make or break is because you're not in that committed of a relationship where maybe you have a label but it doesn't mean you won't break up you know and um obviously like marriages can break up too but I think there's just so much more weight with a marriage right and um having gone through that process but I also think going back to what you were saying about routines like I think you know age plays a factor but also just like who you are as a person and what you need because I think like maybe there's a different time in the day where that works for you maybe in the morning before you go to classes or something like that and there's also like things like um just like time differences that you have to work around and also like maybe a phone call isn't the way that you want to communicate you know there's just again a million variations on this so what I was gonna say earlier is that it also depends if you're in a long-distance relationship for a very um, set period of time or it kind of becomes an indefinite situation until Mm -hmm. something else happens like for example if someone moves away for a job for six months um, but knows that they're going to come back to wherever their partner is at the end of that time or is it you guys move to different cities and you don't really have a plan to come back together geographically Um, I think that that really contributes to whether or not long distance is make it or break it Um, I I know that in my experience like me not moving somewhere definitely played a factor um, in the survival of my long distance relationship or a long distance relationship that I had I guess something that I also am like thinking about a lot is the trauma around long distance um I've definitely like had long distance relationships that did not sustain themselves and it's the outcome of that relationship has definitely influenced my willingness to enter into a similar arrangement in future relationships um There have definitely been times where I prematurely backed out of relationships because I was too scared of it all kind of like going to shit because of long distance, even though it didn't really even present the signs of doing so. And there have also been situations where both of us didn't even put it on the table because we were like, we know how this ended in the like in different relationships, so we're not even going to try. Um... And I don't know how much of that is, like, responsible thinking or just, like, we weren't that into each other or whatever. But I think that once you experience long distance, it definitely shapes how you move forward in different relationships. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think in the same way that, you know, you were maybe hold some trauma around long distance and romantic relationships, I feel like on the flip side you might not have that same connotation with long distance and friendships because Mm -hmm. you have seen how it played out well. So I think, you know, it can apply to like so many different um, types of relationships. 
Um, and it makes sense as to why people have such an emotional, like, visceral reaction sometimes when you say the words long distance. Because, yeah, the, it it's fair to say that maybe in some cases it just doesn't work. And that's okay, too. Obviously, with the global pandemic, we have now found all of our relationships to be like radically renegotiated. Um, So Anushka, could you tell me a little bit about how the pandemic and being in lockdown and having to move home has all influenced your relationships? You know, the type of relationships that we talked about before where it was solely... um like a result of your physical proximity, like work or class, those types of relationships now are all being conducted virtually as well. So it kind of like throws you for a loop because, you know, it's one thing to have relationships that are long distance because of necessity, like distance and things like that. But then it's another thing to have all of your relationships conducted through technology, it kind of brings isolation into a whole new just like understanding of what isolation is because you aren't able to see your friends in person which is you don't realize like how much that actually affects a friendship sometimes and also you don't realize how much that actually affects your mental health I think that's something that a lot of people have been realizing and is why like so many people are always like out going to parks and going on walks and stuff is because just not even being around other people like I think now being able to see people in person is so much more of a treat and I never thought I would feel that way (laughs) because before I was like such an introvert and I feel like I was getting exhausted all the time by like even the city New York and like I would love it and I would love seeing so many people but now it's like I have a very distinct circle of who I actually regularly keep up with. And sometimes that's kind of sad. Like, sometimes you want those periphery people, peripheral people. (laughs) You know what I'm trying to say. No, yeah, definitely. I feel like, in a weird way, like, our worlds have been, have really shrunken, but they've also really expanded. Like, definitely throughout the summer, like, I've been going to so many writing workshops and being able to write with so many cool poets that I would have never otherwise been able to be in contact with or study under or write with. Um, So I think that, yeah, I mean, like, Zoom has done wonders for all of us, but it also, there's also something so different with being able to snuggle up next to your friend versus, like, watching a movie on Netflix party. Yeah. Um, And I think that, or at least I hope that this has made us all, like, realize how much we care for one another. Small PSA, please, everyone, just wear your masks. (laughs) Going to your previous point, I also feel like a lot of my relationships, I kind of, like, I feel like I kind of knew where they stood when we were still seeing each other in person, but there were... But when the shutdown happened, I was like, oh, yes, this was solely a circumstantial relationship or because we're in the same space. And I know that I won't be speaking to you much now that we have moved into this like alternate universe. But I also think that there are a lot of relationships that have like really surprised me. And I'm like, oh, like, that's really awesome that we're still talking and like still willing to like fill each other in on like our everyday lives that we only really would be able to do face to face yeah I think what you were talking about with that like intangible feeling that you can only get in person that's so true like there is something about just being in physical proximity with people that is so different um and that can't be achieved over technology but at the same time you know, what you said of, like, realizing where you stand with people is, like, actually really helpful, you know, to kind of have a guideline because I've realized that through the pandemic, I just don't have as much energy for relationships. And it's kind of sad, I feel like. And that probably has to do a lot with, like, how the state of the world is just constantly, you know, energy sucking and kind of depleting 
because of how sad things are. So it has made me create boundaries in a totally new way, I think. And, you know, it's made me less afraid, actually, to draw boundaries. Now I feel like people are really able to just hone in on what is best for them. And I think that can only help us have like healthier attitudes as well with when we're interacting with people. Like I wanna be able to give the best version of myself to anyone I interact with. And you know, maybe that's a lot of pressure to put on myself, but I think that helps me think about how much time I need to myself to recharge. Yeah, I mean like, I really hope that people are learning a lot about themselves and their bodies and their needs and like learning how to preserve their energies. Um, I will also say that I think that the pandemic, sorry for using this word, but has become a real like special time in like community organizing and activism. Um, I think that there have been really cool spaces accessible to us online for like learning about like abolition and organizing with like different community members and learning about mutual aid um, that I think just like we were so busy in the mm-hmm. outer world to even like turn our attention to this and it's like when the entire world is bleeding and our country is like a giant open wound like what else are you going to turn to other than mutual aid you know um and i think that this really concentrated time to really like sit with ourselves and in ourselves has really well my hope is that it's really like made people rethink their priorities and like the the role that they want to play in this world yeah I had a question for you. Do you want to talk a little bit about kind of our very dramatic pandemic um, fleeing stories or like the ways in which we had to relocate because of the pandemic, which is surely not just us. Around the time that I left, so I left like early April. I think a lot of people were had already gone home and were thinking of it as kind of like a temporary vacancy or, you know, just a a temporary stay at home. And then they would return to the city when, quote, things got better. And obviously, as we've seen, um, things have not gotten better. <laughs> um, and I remember thinking at the time, like, this me leaving the city actually holds a lot more weight than maybe some of my friends because to me, leaving the city would mean actually moving out of my apartment and moving in with my parents. And I think a lot of people, you know, have since renegotiated that and um, now that it's been a longer period of time. But at the time I was, I think there was a lot more at stake for me in leaving the city. Yeah, I think it was just like, I lost my job at that time. And then I didn't know, you know, oh my god, I can't even talk about it. I don't know why I'm like getting emotional. Um, Mm. (laughs) Sorry, I asked. No, it's okay. I feel like I just haven't thought about it in a long time. Um, That was like me in question one. I was like, Yeah, I guess there was just a lot of... Oh my god, I'm like crying. (laughs) You can go ahead. Anushka. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, I think I similarly had a really big, like, now or never type feeling with moving. Um, So I was in Denmark right before the pandemic working with the study abroad organization that we had studied at a few years prior. We were let go, but we were given the option to either extend or for either our visas to be terminated at the end of March or at the end of June, I believe. Um, And everyone else, um, all the other Americans that I was working with, were just going to wait it out till June and, you know, like have a really just chill out. (laughs) Um, And I 
very candidly speaking, like, was having a really hard time in Denmark the second time around, and, like, I was, like, dealing with a bit of depression and just overall, like, senses of dissatisfaction and unbelonging, and to me, like, it kind of even felt like a saving grace that I was given this option to leave many months before my original contract was ending but it still felt so much like if I leave I am I am failing at this thing um and so leaving kind of felt like giving up um and I think that a really stubborn manifestation of that was like me asking the person that I was seeing at the time if he wanted to move into the new apartment that I was moving into, which also coincidentally, pre-pandemic, I was going to move into a a new apartment in the beginning of April. Um, And it was definitely just like not something that like we were ready for at any, in any stretch of the imagination, we were not ready to move in together, nor do I think like our relationship was necessarily headed for that. But in my desperation to have something to cling on to and not have to face this, this, this um, possibility of long distance, um, I was like, let's just move in together. And I think that that's something that a lot of couples, surprisingly, like kind of face. I think there was like such a weird not a weird, but, like, there was such a sense of urgency with the global shutdown um, that it was kind of one of those, like, now or never things, um, like we were saying, and there felt like there was so much at stake, and I think that people were having to make really rash and really hard decisions um, in this, like, context of, like, global panic and upheaval. Yeah, I think what you said, like, having to evaluate your relationships, and um, that's, like, a lot to think about all of a sudden when you're trying to figure out, okay, am I gonna, like, upheave my entire life? And I guess what I was trying to say before is that exactly what you felt like, even going back to New York for you was almost like accepting the reality of your situation in Denmark. I think the same thing happened for me in New York and then moving back to Nebraska was accepting I lost my job slash it's I was furloughed so it was kind of like tenuous. Um, I had also lost my aunt at the time so it was also just very traumatic to be experiencing not being able to grieve at that time while also trying to pack up my whole life and then also kind of mourning the loss of my independence and the life that I'd built in New York and then you know giving that all up and then going home to where I would be accepting that I would have to live with my parents who I love dearly but you know you're moving back into your childhood bedroom and you feel like you're going back a lot of steps when that's not really like I don't feel like that anymore But at the time, it really felt like I, you know, I did have to, like, leave the life that I had there. And I had to renegotiate what my entire life would look like. And that's kind of a traumatic thing for, like, so many people had to go through that. And, you know, probably face even harder decisions. Basically, the pandemic just made me reevaluate everything in life all at once. And that's, like, a lot to throw Mm. on a person. Yeah, I mean, like, this concept of leaving a life, I think whether or not it was the best time of your life or the worst time of your life, I think that over time you just, like, feel an allegiance to a place and you create a certain existence within it that is so unique to that period of time and that place and the point you are in your life and it's just it's hard to just be like all right pack it up like you must let go like I will say that like for months I was so unhappy there and I was just like I just need to get to August where I will move back to America um and the morning of my departure I was like clawing at the earth like needing to be dragged to the airport you know um I think 
maybe it's stubbornness, but I think it's also like mourning, as you said. It's grief. Yeah. And I think um, another thing that I thought of while you were talking about that is I remember us having conversations too of like also mourning the potential for a better life that you could have had in Denmark and in a similar Mm -hmm. way like I was also mourning the summer that I was really excited to have in New York for the first time like actually having acclimated to living there and finally enjoying it and just feeling at home there and then suddenly you're re-navigating what home even means yeah I think there was this like overwhelming sense of like wait but I didn't even get to try yeah Okie dokie, so we are now moving into the final section of our episode, which is lovingly called the Nook segment. So a little backstory on why we named it this. Um, So in our house in Copenhagen with our writer friends, we had a little nook outside one of the bedrooms. There was like a couch and like a table and there was always a candle lit. Um, And... This was where we kind of like hung out in the evenings and did homework together and uh, snuggled together and we're just in company um, in a way that wasn't, in a way that was a lot more intimate than the living room. Um, So in this segment of the episode, we are going to be asking each other one little prompt um, or question that we just want to check in and answer. And if you would like to ask us a question in a future episode, you can email us at thebrowngirlsjournalpod at gmail.com. For today, we're going to be taking a question from We're Not Really Strangers. You've probably seen them on social media. Um, they're, they're pretty popular now, I would say. Um, and they're a card game where you play with someone and you answer questions that kind of increase in intimacy as you go through the levels and it just really helps you to get to know the other person on a deeper level. Um, So today's question is, what title would you give this chapter of your life? That is a good question. I feel like I've gone through so many chapters of my life within the quarantine. Um, But I would say the chapter that I'm on right now is acceptance and stillness. I think um, as much as I want to be like, yes, I fully adapted to this lifestyle of, you know, being home and whatever the pandemic means. The reality is it honestly still hasn't really sunk in. And I think that is, you know, kind of manifested through even conversations with my friends where I'm just like, oh, well, when I'm after, after all of this is over, like, I'm excited to do this. And I want to start kind of being excited about things that I can do now. Mm -hmm. And you know, focus on the here and now because I feel like I'm making a lot of plans for 2021 or whenever the next fake deadline of when this is going to be over. Um, and I just want to keep practicing acceptance of what I have right now and really like nurturing all that I can do in this space right now. Um, I've even like been redecorating my room just to make it feel more like me and not like 12 year old me. <laughs> um, and yeah, I guess I would, yeah, I just want to kind of rest and not feel like I'm, you know, just trying to get to the next step so that I can like hurry on into the next phase of my life because I think I'm going to miss this part of my life if all I'm doing is being sad about it. Like, I want to find some kind of happiness, you know, throughout this time as well. And, like, some time for myself and what this space can give me that no other time in my life will be able to give me. And part of that is not constantly producing work. I think I'm just really stuck on being, like, a cog in the capitalist machine and like being like oh now I need to make so much art because I have all of this time when in reality this is actually an opportunity for me to dig deeper into myself that I've never had before in a completely new way and that does not need to align with what anyone else is doing yeah what title would you give this chapter of your life 
Yeah, I mean, like, definitely just to what you were saying, like, obviously this is a very dramatic and very intense um, period of our lives, but I think that we will, like, miss certain things about it. I mean, like, I know that for myself, like, this is the most time I've had to, like, really schedule in talks with people I love who, like, don't make it into the cut of, like, my everyday communication and, like, the slowness of it I'm really missing. I'm starting my new semester of grad school and I'm just like not ready for that tempo and I like wish that I could be in quarantine and like chill out and slow down. I would say that this chapter of my life I would title it Rebirth. Um, Ooh. Yeah. So the past five months or five or six months I was living at home in New York and really was kind of having like the period of time that Anushka has right now just like slowing down and like really digging into myself um but I feel like I made so much like good self-progress and like really good inner work in that period and I felt like it always felt like this period of incubation and I knew that I was going to leave and then come to Madison to start grad school um and so far like things have been really awesome like I'm really stressed about all the work that's coming but I like am making new connections with people and like really being able to explore the city and like I'm hoping that this new city has really good things in store for me um I think like in the past like two years I kept returning in some capacity to places that I had already been so New York Copenhagen Baltimore and kind of like cycling through them and it's not to say that like those cities no longer serve me or I overstayed my welcome but I think that it's really exciting to be in a place that's like completely new to me and like Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine the goodness that can come from it and the challenges so yeah I am reborn. Yay! Yay! We did it! First episode in the books. I'm really excited about our podcast, and I hope you guys have enjoyed the first episode. Many, many more to come. This episode was so fun to record. We're really excited for you guys to listen to it. I guess if you're hearing this, this means you are listening to it. We're really excited to get this out into the world, and thanks for listening! This podcast was written and produced by Rodlin May Banting and Anushka Dar. Audio edited by Anushka Dar and marketing done by Rodlin May Banting. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Brown Girls Journal. That's B-R-W-N-G-R-L-S Journal. Background music provided by Epidemic Sound. And our logo was illustrated by Molly Caroline Designs. Thank you for listening and keep an eye out for our next episode in two weeks. We'll see you there.